across the country and around the world. Different programs and different points of view. This is TalkZone.com. And welcome back, and thanks for staying with us. You know, I, I know that the material we're covering tonight is not really, it certainly isn't my favorite topic that we cover on the show. Uh and it's heavy and it's dreary, but you know what, folks? We have some problems that are looming in the Middle East, and they aren't going to go away. And as much as we would like to pretend that they're not there or pretend that Bush is being entirely too radical, as much as like we'd like to pretend things like that, it isn't true. And we need to deal with what's going on there with our eyes open because what's coming is not going to be pretty and your only way of being safe is to have your eyes open. You know, ignorance is bliss until the other shoe drops. Yeah, and the other shoe's going to drop. There's no question about that. Yeah. And so what we want to do here on Mastering Ourself is not only in general provide you with a direction to have a spiritual lifestyle so that you know how to uh, protect yourself in, in today and in times ahead, but also provide you with some accurate information that you're not getting in the mainstream media so that you can understand why President Bush is behind the things we're doing over there, what's really going on over there, and why the uh, media really isn't being fair in their representation. So to that end, uh, for those of you who have just joined us, we have with us tonight uh, Stephen Hughes, and he's written a, a book called Tehran's Wars of Terror and its Nuclear Delivery Capability. Now, before we started the show, we talked to Stephen about where he gets information, his information, and although we're not going to get into that, I can tell you he is uh, he is connected into many, many accurate sources. Certainly not the mainstream and, and media. And cross-checking. And cross-checking it all. So, you know, you can trust what this man is saying. He puts his heart and soul into this. You can tell that he cares deeply about what he's doing. So we have um, Saddam Hussein, the head of a large company, making billions of dollars large off of... Large country. What did I say? Com- company. It was pretty much like <laughs> making billions of dollars off of oil. And... Um, you know, I believe he was a genius, a brilliant politician, uh, and uh, a brilliant like a fox mm-hmm. in so many sneaky, subtle ways. But he was a monster as a human being with no compassion. And I believe he was totally committed towards uh, world jihad. And um, let me just say, you know, part of his geniusness, what he did once he uh, captured I- Iraq, you know, got a hold of it, and he became in charge, uh, he did an industrial industrial revolution, basically. Mm-hmm. Changed over the whole backward country, and a lot of the uh, Arab countries, especially back in the 70s, were really backwards. Eradicated illiter- illiteracy. Compulsory free education for everybody. Soldiers' families were taken care of. Free hospitalization, farming subsidies, built roads, promoted mining, electricity in cities, modernized farming, trained people for jobs. He was building an empire. Now, all this is true, right, Stephen? Absolutely. Uh, one of the things that people, uh, our Washington officials, forget. Uh, that Saddam Hussein took Iraq, 
in a period of just a few decades, built the fourth largest military in the world. The fourth largest military in the world. Yes. He also had built the largest chemical and biological weapons arsenal in the Mideast and in the Third World. Yes. And this is just a very short period of time. And he gave us, uh, you know, these infamous historical Iraqi persons such as Dr. Anthrax, Dr. Germ, Chemical Ali. He had conducted heinous chemical warfare attacks on his own Iraqi Kurds in the north in an attempt to stomp out their their movement towards independence. So, so do you believe that he was going? He was building up. What he could, even when the UN was supposed to be stopping him, he was building up something to make his massively constru- mm-hmm. destructive mark on the world. Absolutely. Now, I, I in my book, Tehran's Wars of Terror and its Nuclear Delivery Capability, I shift the reader towards things that we don't commonly hear. Now, Saddam Hussein was making billions of dollars under the table. And I touch on the oil, you know, the, the UN oil food scandal. But we also need to realize that Saddam Hussein was funneling a lot of money into the Palestinians to make war with Israel, mm-hmm. uh, one of one of America's greatest allies in the Middle East. And he'd given one billion dollars to the form of the late Yasser Arafat. Ooh, wow. In addition, he was bringing in. Palestinians into Iraq and training them. Now, he also made historical concessions towards Iran. Uh, one of the most interesting things he did is, now, the Shiite people follow the bloodline of Muhammad. Saddam Hussein, who used to declare he was a uh, descendant of the Babylonian kings, yep. turned around and said, oh, no. My, I'm a descendant of Muhammad. Right. You know, whatever's I, convenient in the moment. And he was actually... He, he also got a, a democratic uh, election, 100% of the votes, right? <laughs> He's amazing, <Yeah>. isn't he? <laughs> well, why are you laughing over there? <laughs> yeah, I don't think any anyone who would have voted against it would have been executed. <laughs> yeah, one head shorter. <laughs> yeah. And he had... I use in my book, uh, I go over to some... Congressional reports, especially the the terror, the forgotten terrorist training ground in Sudan, and in Sudan you have this co-op of all these different terrorist organizations that came together. Uh, Iran uh, built up all these terrorist camps there because you have the Sudanese uh, developed and formed a government based on Shiite principles, even though they were a Sunni government, but they fully embraced Ayatollah Khomeini. And out of this, you know, we had Bin Laden going there. Out of this, even Saddam Hussein had a terrorist training camp there through Abu Nidal, who supposedly killed himself in 2003. But Abu Nidal's group were responsible for over 900 deaths throughout the world. He was such an infamous terrorist, and he's almost a forgotten chapter nowadays with all these terrorists. But... Saddam Hussein was working loosely with Iran through the Palestinians. You've got to realize, and most Americans don't understand, that Yasser Arafat would go to Iran for supplies, and then he would go to Saddam for supplies. And there was this, this incredible, unknown road, this network, 
that flowed through the Palestinians to the even bin Laden because many of them went and fought in Afghanistan for him. But here you have Yasser Arafat during the, the Karen A-, A affair in 2000 where Iran sent this massive shipload of equipment to Karen A with tons of weapons to make war on Israel. So they, there was a mutual uh, beneficial relationship that was developing and it was being fostered by the late Yasser Arafat. And again, who was the mediator between us was the Palestinians. And, and yeah. w- it, it's just so overlooked. So do you okay. think it was an advanced thing for uh, President Clinton back then to make peace negotiations with Yasser Arafat? Okay, hold on a second. Just for those who have just joined us, uh, we have Stephen E. Hughes today on Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charmaine Amber. And Steve has written the book, Tehran's Wars of Terror and its Nuclear Delivery Capability. Okay, President Clinton, go ahead. Okay, Clinton did have some really good peace talks with Yasser Arafat. As a matter of fact, they brokered an incredible deal where eastern Jerusalem would have been given to the Palestinians as their capital, and they met 99% of what Yasser Arafat wanted from Israel. And Yasser Arafat said no. And then he started the, I believe it's the second intifada, and that's when the Karen A affair uh, came to light, where Iran was shipping during, you know, during the peace talks. Iran it fitted the ship, loaded it, and went on the circulus route, so we could, you know, covertly get these huge shipment of supplies to the Palestinians. Mm-hmm. In addition, Yasser Arafat was taking money from Saddam Hussein. Saddam Hussein was paying to uh, Palestinian families whose son died as a suicide bomber up to $30,000. So he would pay them for killing Israelis? Yes, you know, as a suicide bomber. He said, you kill yourself as a suicide bomber, I will take care of your family, they will get $30,000. I have, you know, in my book, I cover this very carefully. I use government documents. I have pictures of the checks that uh, came out of Iraq. Uh, and i very carefully and meticulously, you know, chart all these things for the reader. So he and did uh, food for oil on one exchange and blood for money on another exchange. Saddam Hussein was meticulously and very evilly working towards a war in the Mideast. Uh, he wanted Israel to move, uh, removed as Iran does, or as Syria does. So is some of the other uh, Arab countries, former Libya, right. um, Omar Qaddafi. So, so it, why do you suppose? Excuse me. Why do you suppose United States went into Iraq? What What do you think? Why did we do that? What motivated President Bush? Uh, I believe that he really believed that Saddam Hussein was probably close to sharing his knowledge and his weapons of mass destruction with terrorists. And was he? And Al-Qaeda. We don't have any hard evidence that he had, uh, but we do have from the Pentagon's own admitted report that there were, were Al-Qaeda operatives training in Iraq. We also have captured Iraqi uh, intelligent agents in Afghanistan and other areas. Um, you got to realize a lot of their documents were handwritten because, one, it was more secure that way, and, two, 
it, they didn't have they didn't have the type of telecommunications capability that we have, and there, there's lots so much of unanswered questions. Uh, but yeah, again, we need to remember that Saddam Hussein had created these these terrible uh, scientists that had the knowledge and capability of developing these weapons. So did, did he spend like seven to ten billion dollars with like seven thousand scientists? Is that true? Did he spend that on nuclear development? Uh, to my understanding, that's close to the figure. He was actually very close to producing a, a small atomic bomb before the Gulf War broke out. And uh, there's an excellent book, uh, Brighter Than the Baghdad Sun, which which charts uh, that we actually missed uh, some choice targets at that time, but was able to hobble some of the other ones so he couldn't quite uh, develop uh, the the, the bomb. Now, the AQ Khan, the infamous AQ Khan nuclear black market, Saddam Hussein admitted that he had contacts with this black market, but he said he was afraid that, if you could believe him, that it was a sting operation. But AQ Khan has supplied everyone, every, everyone from Iran to anyone who would pay his price for knowledge and technology and the means of buying the uh, the nuclear technology. So he he had he had the bomb. nuclear technology. Oh, he had the technology. He just didn't have the parts. He right. he needed fissionable material. Uh, one of the things that he purchased, and uh, you can actually take uh, it, it's it's a medical device, and it's used for for shattering gallstones. And it, it sends a pulse. Now, when you set off an atomic bomb, and you use, you need to send a chain reaction off. You have to have a simultaneous explosion, and they have to be very high technological equipment. Well, you can take these uh, this, these uh, uh, instruments that'll shatter gallstones, and you can adapt them for making uh, a nuclear bomb. And he bought, oh, I, I can't remember the number right offhand, but I have it in my book. He bought more than enough, you know, for Iraq, a country of 22 million people. He bought enough that would serve a, a several hundred million people. <laughs> and he was buying some of this dual-purpose equipment right. openly. And, and people uh, w- was just looking the other, well, it doesn't, but there was no way he could have, his people would have needed some of this dual-purpose equipment that he was purchasing. Right. There was a book recently out in a congressional study I, I haven't had a chance to read, but it, it's the fear of how some of these countries like Iran, which has an uh, virtually a, a unknown uh, biological capability, which is totally hidden from uh, our eyes and ears, yep. uh, uh, experiments with uh, animal pox virus which can be made, evolved into a type of smallpox virus. Saddam Hussein, one of, one of his key research areas was with monkeypox and camelpox virus, which was kind of brushed off, but now as we, we're learning more and more how these things can be developed into weapons, we just now just got a report out this year 
on its deadly capability and how it's a real threat with evolving this into a, a smallpox type of weapon. What do, what do you think the Gulf War Syndrome was? We've got about 30 seconds before break. Well, there was just a report released. There seems to be uh, some of it was related to some of these areas where troops were housed, that they were using uh, unrestricted insecticides in Saudi Arabia, Kuwait, and other areas to keep insects away, which may have contributed to some of the uh, problems that our our veterans... We'll pick this up after break. We'll pick this up after... You're listening to Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charmaine Amber, your spiritual lifestyle experts. Thank you for joining us today. We air Monday through Saturday, 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern. Our guest today, Stephen E. Hughes, author of Tehran's Wars of Terror and its Nuclear Delivery, Delivery Capability. We'll be right back. <laughs> 